You ever been the victim of one of those um, loving stories? You know, where somebody starts to tell the story, and as they're telling the story, you realize that daytime is gone, and nighttime has come. Maybe not because the sun has gone down, but because you're beginning to doze off. At some point, the story was fascinating. The idea was wonderful. You really were into what they had to say, and then suddenly, you were not. They're boring you to tears. And the last you recall, they were teenagers. And then they moved on from teenagers, and now they're a young married couple. And then they've moved on from a young married couple, and, and now it's all beginning to become a blur. That's what I mean by memoir. Some people tend to make their life story a memoir. Every time you ask them a question, they can't answer the question without the entire memoir. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. I want you to know that there's there's some right ways to use your stories in communicating with people. And one of those right ways in using your story to communicate with people is to understand that the purpose of your story is not about the story itself, while it may convey a message. So here's the major headline when it comes to using stories from your life in order to bring transformation into the life of others. You ready for this? This is your number one big headline. There's four big headlines. Here's number one. Make it a memorable moment, not a memoir. Make it a memorable moment, not a memoir. Here's what I mean by that. There are a whole lot of people that when you ask them what time it is, they, they can't tell you what time it is without describing how to make a watch. Every fine detail rests up underneath that question. And because they can't think of a time in their life when they learned the answer to that question in a short period, they have to explain everything to get to that place. Now, if you've ever been the victim, if you will, of a long story that seemed to have no point or go on for and ever and ever. Maybe you remember uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Candy. One of my favorite phrases of all time is when he turned to me and he says, the next time you feel like you just have to tell one of those stories, do me a favor. Have a point. It makes it so much more enjoyable for the listener. I'm going to tell you there are a whole lot of people who can tell stories all day long and they don't have a point. There are also a whole lot of people who can tell stories and there's no real emotional connection because the story isn't about the listener. The story isn't even a point that refers to the listener or connects with the listener. In fact, often people tell the story that's most important to them in the moment. It feels good to me to get this off my chest. It feels funny to me to tell this to you. Whether you find it funny or not is not relevant to me. That's a problem. In fact, there are a whole lot of people who tell stories that the use of the story they're telling is in itself manipulation. I recently saw a lady explaining, and I, I'm guessing it was part of a comedy routine because people were laughing out loud at her. But if it wasn't a comedy routine, it was a really bad application of what I call story power. And that is the ability to tell a story for the purpose of bringing about transformation in somebody else's life. 
You might call that an allegory or a parable or there are a whole lot of uh, Aesop's fables is another example of a story told for the purpose of bringing about transformation, transformation in somebody else's life. This lady used story to tell her kids that if the ice cream man was playing music, that meant he was all out of ice cream and he was leaving. And they believed her. And when the moment of truth came, that crisis of truth to, to test the veracity of her claim, her youngest child was able to convince her oldest child, yep, true story, no ice cream. How? Well, because they never even went to look. They believed the story. Now, I can tell you right now, there are politicians and salespeople, there are reps, there are leaders, there are People in deep relationships, loving relationships, husband and wife relationships, significant other relationships, parent-child relationships, who will tell you a story. And <clears throat> people who will tell you a story that is not designed to help you or to transform anything about you, but to manipulate you, to get their way. They want to win. And sometimes, believe it or not, the length of the story, the spinning of a yarn, the stretching out of all of the facts of the story are really about, well, they're like the magician. The more you look, the less you see. There's so many details, you can't tell what's truth and what's not. And unfortunately, for many listeners, what that leads to is, I got so lost to the weeds of the detail, I think I missed the point. Now, there are some people who just, in listening, their mind is on a different track. And so you might say to them, hey, let's have some bacon and eggs. And somewhere along bacon and eggs, they want to talk about, I don't know, kitty cats on the beach. And so they're not tracking with your train of thought. And it doesn't matter if your story is 30 seconds long or 30 minutes long, you lost them. What I call episodic stories or incidences in the moment, that moment in time, I find that to be a much more effective way to utilize story in communication. If you can find a moment in time where you learned the lesson that you want this audience to learn, where you have encountered the experience emotionally, intellectually, physically, psychologically, that you can say, hey, if you were in this moment with me, you would have got it too. Now, realistically, they don't have to be in the same moment. They don't have to see the same things that you saw. Why? Because most of us make decisions emotionally, and then we rationalize them later. But if you can take them to the place where that aha moment came by leading through a story that will allow them to feel like you felt when it happened, there's an old sales method called the feel, felt, found method. In the sales feel, felt, found method, you might say something like, I know how you feel. I once felt the same way. Here's what I found was a solution. In all the years that I've been using various sales techniques and communication techniques, short stories seem to do the point. They resonate with people when the incident itself looks and feels like something they might have lived through before. Now, I can tell you also that I encourage my coaching clients not to have one story or two stories. Again, this is not a memoir. This is a memorable moment. A memoir, a memoir might cover every day of your life from 
the day you were born until today, or maybe yesterday. But a memorable moment looks at a snapshot in time, an episode, an incident, a moment. And it allows that moment to become the allegorical demonstration of what you want to teach. If you want them to know you've got to be a better communicator with your kids, then you can tell a story about a communication with your kids. If you want them to know that you've got to be more gracious when listening to people who speak with an accent or speak at a different pace or speak in a different language, i.e. they speak digital code and you speak flowers and, and rose gardens, that doesn't necessarily mean a different human language, but it means that the things that are important to you are different. Well, you've got to find the common ground. You've got to find the things that are common to you, emotionally common to you, relationally common to you. And then you speak by telling a story that crosses that gap. You tell a story that both of you might have experienced. It doesn't matter if you're an IT genius or you're a horticulturist, if you're a landscaper or a chef. If you've been engaged with human beings, there are stories in your life. And while you may be teaching a lesson about horticulture, uh, you may not be able to resonate with the chef until you find that common ground. I want to give you a really quick example. I have a client that I'm working with right now who currently has no use of her eyesight. Now, she hasn't always been without her eyesight, but currently she is without her eyesight. Knowing that she at one time had vision, I was able to use the illustration that go back to her early days. Because back in the, back in the day when I was a young and we didn't always eat off of paper plates. And I asked her to recall sitting at the breakfast table with a bowl of cereal or oatmeal or grits in front of her. And off to the left was the little tiny bowl that was a tall pedestal, but it was really small in diameter. And in that bowl, we would put an egg usually a poached egg. Some people would use a hard-boiled egg, but that, that egg would sit in that little bowl by itself. And if you can picture the big bowl in the middle and the little bowl off to the left, and then perhaps another little bowl off to the right, so you have an egg bowl, a cereal bowl, and an egg bowl, visually, you see three containers next to each other, one on the left, a big one in the center, a small one on the right, and I said, I want you to picture that image so that you can think of the amount of space and time in a story that we're going to tell. The first poached egg bowl, that's your introduction. The cereal bowl, that's about 90 seconds. That's the body of the story, the transition, the emotions you want them to feel, and the direction that you want them to go. And the last poached egg bowl, that's the conclusion of the call to action. When I was done, she said, I kind of feel like you're sitting right here with me. I actually feel like I am sitting at the kitchen table and we're talking over two poached eggs and a bowl of cereal. And I said, I hope you get the imagery, not just that we're together at the table having breakfast, but that you understand what I mean by let's break up the story into those three small parts. She said, I very much do. And I appreciate that you allow me to use my sight, even though I don't have it anymore, to visualize what I'm trying to learn. 
Now, there's a story in your life where you've taught someone or you've lived through an experience or you've had a good experience or a bad experience, but it's the kind of experience that everybody can resonate with. Or it's the kind of experience that resonates only with a certain group of people. Both of those are good if you know when to use them. If you understand that, make it a memorable moment and not a memoir really applies to the idea that what I don't want you to do is spin a yarn of 25 years of history. What I do want to do is encourage you to use stories that draw people into the moment with you so that they can feel what you felt, so they can find the same solution that you found. That will make your stories more powerful and more memorable. That, my friends, is story power used well. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.